What do you call two guys that were there when this happened? Back to return at Spurlock. Michael Spurlock at the 10. He's to the 20. He's to the 25. Spurlock 30 to the 40-yard line. We could see history. 50, 40 to the 30-yard line. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. There you go. And that 62-yard field goal attempt. It is good. That's good. Eagles. Who can forget? Again, I'm looking again. Those up the middle. At the Derek 40. Brooks. Derek Brooks, 30. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Derek Brooks, the most valuable player in the National Football League. There it is. The dagger's in. We're going to win the Super Bowl. We call them the Salty Dogs. Hey there, and welcome in, everybody, once again to the Salty Dogs podcast, our podcast in which we talk about mostly about Buccaneers. Yeah, football. That's right. That's Not only. Airplane. No, we it, sometimes go off on tangents. It goes off the re- goes off the road. But yes. we talk about Buccaneers and good times and bad mm-hmm. after wins and losses and everything uh, in between. I'm in that 48 hours. I'm not over this yet. <laughs> just throwing it out there before we start. I just said wins and losses and everything in between. I mm-hmm. guess the only thing in between would be a tie. And then there was close to that too. Yeah, you know what? Forget that. I think it's a new rule. If if there's a tie, we don't do salty dogs. Oh, no decision, no salty dogs. Really. It's only happened one time in team history, so I, I don't think we're all that you're, worried you're, about it. So you're telling me to show up on Tuesdays? Okay, I will. <laughs> It'd be best if you were around. All right, very good. So we'll be talking now about another loss and another one that felt like he got away. And nobody really cares and nobody feels sorry for you, but this this season is razor's edge from being a pretty good one. Yeah. and But it's not, obviously. Cause yeah, two, damn two, it, six, five six, minutes six. into the game, five minutes left in a game again, again. I mean, I'm I'm just you know what I, you know I'm just repeating what Bruce Arians oh, no, sure, has said, sure. and and it's true. You're it, it's it's frustrating in the fact that you can see where it's getting close, but when it doesn't happen, it doesn't matter how close you are. It has to it has to make yeah. you have to make the plays when you're supposed to you make. Got to get plays. over that hump. Yes, well, I got to get over that hump, and then I think it'll start happening more often. I think in in this case, one of the problems was I think the defense was a little gassed. By the time you got, especially up front, well, yeah. By the time you got to um, overtime, they'd probably been out there for seventy-five plays or something, and we only had two outside linebackers. So JPP and Shaq were playing every snap, and they're good. But at, after a while, you lose your effectiveness as a pass rusher when you're just rushing, never get a break. I mean, JPP played all but three snaps, and Shaq played all but one snap. That's unbelievable, considering that it's only a second game all year. I know. JPP. I don't think that bothers him at all. He no. seemed happy about it. No. And it's kind of get lost in all of this, too, is, you know, the offense has taken their share of the heat so far this year, and what's what's gotten lost is when they needed to make the drive, they did make the drive. That's true. And it's totally lost. You're not. You don't remember that drive. No, don't, not, not at all. Not and, at all. And you're right. They had to make they they were faced with the just like they were in Tennessee, they were faced with a chance of one last drive. The Tennessee one failed on the fourth and one play. This time on fourth and five, Jameis made it happen and then they got the ball in. Mm-hmm. That's a good point, Jeff. And in fact, the offense as a whole, I don't know how much more you could ask out of it. Thirty four you know, points. No, but the, the the glaring thing that hurts you again is is um a turnover. I know, but there was only one. I know, but it would happen. And it was fluky. It, it was fluke but that okay. That's the kind of year it is. That's right. It's a it's another fluky turnover. And you you chase down Devin White makes an impressive play to chase down Chris Carson in the open field. You're about to turn a great play for them a 59 yarder into a great play for you because he forces a fumble. Mm-hmm. But this fumble decides to go sideways 
and get out of bounds at about 100 miles per hour. Never mm-hmm. had a shot at that one. Ground was too hard. He didn't take into consideration <laughs> how, how hard the ground he was. He should have made the fumble in a Devin White is the one way. who said that. He's, no, he did. Oh, yeah, really? yeah he, <laughs> did, he didn't realize how hard the ground was, or he wouldn't have whacked it as hard as he did. But oh, I, I don't know. All I want to say, get the ball out listen, hope for a all I want to say about Devin White, he's a football player. He's learning the system. But you know he loves the game for as fast and for he could have given up on that and when you watch that when you watch it again watching it live was crazy yeah but going back and watching it all out he was not going to let him score well you've heard we've heard how fast he is i know it's sometimes hard to tell that from a linebacker who's often moving laterally Mm -hmm. and and doesn't have to run 40 yards at a time or at least you're not watching him because maybe he's covering a guy down the field but you're not watching him because you're watching Mm -hmm. the ball but that one the spotlight was on them and sometimes when a which you would presume to be a slower defensive player catches a faster offensive player, it's because of an angle. Mm-hmm. You're like, yeah, he chased him down, but but the guy was angling this way. This mm-hmm. was he was directly running directly behind him, Full and you speed. just saw that that gap closing. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, Chris Carson maybe not the fastest running back in the NFL, Still, but he's an NFL running back he, who had a full head of steam. He's in he's in a meeting room right now, and they're running the tape, and they're all busting his, you know what, <laughs> yeah, because Cajon is there because of uh, of uh, you let him catch you. Uh, and that particular play was well. Like, I don't think he knew he was there because he was victimized by mm-hmm. the by the strip. And on another on another play where, you know, you hear people go, "There's no moral victories," and then you're absolutely right. That's true. I'm not defending it at all, but I'm going to say that there are some players with heart, and the other one Mike was Evans. Mike Evans. He chases it down. Have you looked at it since? How far did he run? He, I thought he ran like 60 yards. He was pretty far downfield, I believe. Yeah. I want to say when it happened off the top of my head, I'm thinking 60. I'd have to go back and look at the tape, and, of course, you can correct me. But the, the fact that he was that far away, he could have very easily have, hey, I'm the wide receiver. It didn't happen. Yeah, if, you're, if you were 30 yards downfield and you, and you see the ball fumbled 15 yards in the backfield, I don't think anybody would blame you for just mm-hmm. yeah, you didn't get you're there. watching what yeah. happens. You're yeah. not part of that play. Nobody expects you to be. I take that, and I'm going to go back into the locker room in Tennessee from him where he said he's, he's so tired mad. of yeah. losing and he's so mad. And that's and you see that, and you those weren't just words that he said in Tennessee. He truly believes that. And, you know, you, you see that stuff. That That particular game, to me, I thought this is the Bucks' day. Yeah. This yeah, because the the touchdown pass just yeah, like I'm, we get a crazy bounce for once. And you're talking about the Brett Perry Yes, yeah. exactly. And and so you thought that was I that yeah, meant it was going to well, be our day. Yeah, well we just brought it up that it was yeah, no I saw that in practice. I, <laughs> <laughs> it's all part of the yeah, play. Jameis throws the ball really really hard. We, we finally brought out the secret play. <laughs> but those are the type of things when that happens when 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 it's going your way you expect good things to happen and and I did. And, um, you know. It, and they did until the coin flip. Yeah. The, the NFL's rules are fairer in overtime now, but they're still, it yeah. still sucks. I still think, I still think you need, you need, everybody gets to have the ball. I, yeah. I still believe that. Yeah. Because, yeah, Jameis was I mean, matching. Jameis was holding serve with, with mm-hmm. MVP candidate Russell. Here's, Wilson. here's my, for some reason, I think in the playoff, do both teams get the ball or only, is, I think this is just the system. This is just the system. It doesn't if change. If you score a touchdown on the open, open yeah. possession, that's it. That's it, even in the playoffs. Yeah, people just didn't like how if you won the toss 
and you gain like 30 or 40 yards, you could kick a field goal and win. Right. Now no, I like, didn't like that at all. Now they're like, if, if your defense can get a stop mm-hmm. and at least hold them to a field goal, you're going to get a shot. But mm-hmm. And so I don't know if it's unfair necessarily, but it just feels frustrating. Jameis Winston was playing fantastic. He was basically matching Russell Wilson for, you know, play for, for play. Throw. Yep. And, uh, and he didn't get a chance to do so in overtime. Mm-hmm. Now Russell was great. And you know what? One third down play. I thought we had a shot there because – you know how many third downs they converted in the first four quarters? Not many. One. One. So they converted the same number in overtime. They got one key third down. I think it was about third and five. Mm-hmm. And it was that incredible catch by DK Metcalf. Oh, you mean the one-handed up, oh, I'm going to stretch as far as I can go to bring it in? I didn't even yes. realize it was one-handed. But I it thought it was. Whole, it was that whole twisting around and falling yes. down uh, catch downfield. It's the kind of play where – when my team does it, and it's like third and five on a key drive, and they throw like a low percentage pass down the sideline, I'm like, why did we do that? Mm-hmm. Why didn't we go for something we had a better chance of completing just to keep the drive alive? But that's what they threw, and freaking DK Metcalf makes a ridiculous play, yeah. and that was that. That was that. Um, Otherwise, you have a, you probably – I don't know. From where they were on the field, I don't know if they had kicked because their kicker was struggling. I don't, I don't think – They might have gone for it. I think they were going to go for it because I think they lost maybe, all confidence in the kicker at that Maybe point. that's why they threw the ball Missed a field goal, missed an extra point, then missed Doink. the OT or the overtime yeah. or or rather regulation to win, mm-hmm. miss. So I I think um, – I think I think Pete Carroll went. You know what? We're just gonna we're gonna keep it. And Russell, that, Williams. and that may be why they threw the ball downfield on third down, right. knowing that they were gonna go for it if they didn't get it. Uh, our kicker missed one too, mm-hmm. but I'm not bringing that up in to to be negative because mm-hmm. prior to that he'd made 21 straight kicks, and I'm putting extra points in there because they're 33 yards now, so it's That's a, field a field goal. He'd made 21 in a row, including in that game, uh, a couple extra points, I believe, and three extra points by that point, and then he made. Two more field goals and another extra point afterwards. Mm-hmm. So he did a good job. And that field goal was a 50-yarder, and mm-hmm. he had the distance. He started out on the left hash and just never got it to come over. Mm-hmm. It stayed it stayed left. So, um, But Bruce, and again, I don't think he was trying to say anything. He's been very supportive of Matt, but he was just saying we needed those points. He oh, yeah. Knew, he knew it at the time they yeah. were going to be big. Um, and, it was, and it was partially because it was an impressive drive with not very much time left. We had 40 seconds and then after the after the kickoff return, which gave us a shot by T.J. Logan, uh, there was I think there was 20 seconds, and Jameis managed to get us close enough for a 50-yard try, which obviously Matt can make. He's already made 52, 54, and 58. And so it, it turned what was a potentially a really uplifting moment going into halftime, and yeah. it just. And I think I think if you anytime you can score with less than a minute at the half and going in, you feel you feel yeah. pretty damn good about yourself. Yeah. Um, uh, Russell Wilson. Uh, you know, you see him on TV and you go, wow, that's a pretty good quarterback. But seeing him live is a whole other thing. It's a whole other element of speed. I uh, think I think after um, one of our Carolina games, I said I thought Christian McCaffrey was the leading MVP candidate. I've changed my vote now. Mm-hmm. I think Russell Wilson's the MVP. He's carrying that team. He's got 22 touchdown passes <laughs> and one interception. That's amazing. And he just drops that ball in. Bruce was talking about it before mm-hmm. the game, how he can just – so the, the touchdown to T.J. Lockett, I think it was her first score. Just precision. He's yeah. running away from him and just drops it over Lockett and the defender to the back corner of the end zone. You're like, well, how do you defend that? You can't. And and that's what he can do. How crazy is it that that um, we we score touchdowns and they're getting called back because of penalties in a row? When was the last? That's time? happened several times this year. I know, but when I mean, it's the 
And the Scotty one was just a shame. It was a good uh, call. Oh no, call. no, no! But I mean, yes. you you kick up a little bit of white white on your on your run back. I know where you and are. Then the ball finds you. You know, it would have been his first touchdown. And he was wide open too. And then it was an, it was another good play by Jameis when plays took a while to develop. He did a real good job in this game of scrambling forward mm-hmm. and throwing. And every time I thought he'd cross the line, I'm like. That's a great play. It's a touchdown or whatever, but didn't he throw over the line? And then you'd see the replay, and he was like right as he's approaching yeah, the line. We, we we talked about that during the broadcast. Was he did he get to, he got right to the line? Right to the line, yeah. and, and it really wasn't all that close to being a penalty because you probably know this. I don't know if every fan out there knows it, but to be over the line before you throw and therefore get a penalty, you have to be completely over the line. The ball can be past the line, but mm. if you've got one foot you're that's not still behind the line, correct. you're still back, which I always thought was a weird rule. It should be where the ball is, Consi- but that's the rule. Considering that if the ball just breaks the pl- right. plane, it's a touchdown. But if you catch a pass and break the plane and drop the ball, it's not a touchdown. So don't get me started on that, okay? I'm, I've been very good right now checking my thoughts. <laughs> I don't on, know about on, that. Um, yeah, I think that... that uh, it was just one of those games where I just truly felt, and and Bruce Bruce said it um, on his radio show and on his TV show. The second half of the season, they need a win. They need they, to win. They they need a win. A win. A win. Well, because, I should hope so. Well, but there's and, eight games but left. I under. But what he was saying was. He feels the team is there. If they get a win, okay. then he thinks he's going to be able to get multi-wins. It's that whole thing about knowing how to win. Probably you start yeah. winning, and that's when you know how to win. Or you build a winning culture. Do you build a culture that causes winning, or do you start winning, which builds the culture? I think it's you win. And yes, I think, I think, I think culture, yeah, culture is it, well. I, uh, it, it forms when – wow, my voice broke there. Yes. I, I just turned 13. <laughs> <laughs> it forms when you win, and then hopefully if you can keep – a group together, they, they can win for a long time. Mm-hmm. What you want, of course what you want is to win all eight games and make the playoffs. But, you know, I'd like to have that, but that doesn't happen very often. Mm-hmm. But what you at least want is something like the 1996 season, Tony Dungy's first one, mm-hmm. where you did win a lot down the stretch, five of the last seven in that year, I think. And it didn't get you into the playoffs, no, but, but it gave you the belief that you'd turn the corner. And you had a, you had a lot of young players at that time that True. turned the corner. And if if for, we're 48 hours removed from the game, and I'm still not happy. Um, but the one silver lining I look at, there were a lot of rookies out there. And that's not necessarily a good thing when all the rookies are playing at the same time. But it's also in the learning experience that you can't get anywhere else. And one game like that, I think they you learn more than ever. Not only are you experiencing it like welcome to the NFL, but the other side is you now have film to look at what you did wrong. There's a, yeah. there's a perfect example of, of what happened. Hopefully it's a good thing. Yeah, I'm future. hoping. Yes, in the future. Right. We'll right. look back and go, okay, that helped. That that certainly did. Well, you, 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 no, no, it didn't help at all. I'll tell you what's good, though. Are you, were you done with that thought? Yes. Like you had more to go. Um, we're, we're finally home. Yeah, yeah. It's, it'll be nice to have a home game. Two weeks in a row. Uh, do we have two in a row? I thought yeah. it was home and then away. No, we're home, we're home against the Arizona Cardinals. Tickets still available, and then against the New Orleans Saints. Oh, you're right. And, told, the, and then we. I uh, lied to my wife. Yeah. Last night I told her we were home away. No, that with that how it happened is we're going to be home for two, then we're away in Atlanta, Jacksonville, and then we're going to be home for one, and then we go to Detroit, <laughs> and then we're home for the next two against uh, who? Against who? 
when we come home. I wanted to see if you could do it because you were nailing it. Well, we play the Colts. He's not looking at a schedule. We play the Colts. We play the Texans. We play Atlanta at home in December. (laughs) That's exactly right. (laughs) Don't ask me what I had for lunch, my friend. (laughs) You you nailed it. That's what we got coming up. So, you know, that that long road trip is over. Coach said uh, maybe that you finally saw a little bit of the toll that was taken Mm -hmm. by the travel when, when, uh, you know, three guys on defense got hurt either pregame or before halftime muscle pulls. Um you know, it's not something you can quantify, but I can understand why he thinks that. Yeah, and, case. and then you know, there, there's there's been a lot of talk about the sports science and how they've been well prepared, and they have been. But there's only so much. You can but do. there's only so much you can do, and and you know, there's always those little comments when something happens. You know, people go, oh, oh, well, you know, so much for your sports science. Well, it's a it's accumulation of travel. Yeah, and twenty thousand four hundred months. Mm-hmm. And the fact of sitting in a in an airplane seat's not really conducive to anything good. I don't. I don't. I'll tell you what. I I hate the bus rides more than mm. the airplane. I don't like sitting on the bus. Yeah, I'm not a big bus fan. Especially when you get to the airport and you're just sitting there at the oh. gate for like 20 minutes yeah. waiting for them to let you in. Mm. The bus is way worse to me. Um, but uh, at least we got to go to a nice place. Seattle is very pretty. The was weather a, was great. Awesome city. Uh, the f- the hospitality flight, was great. Uh, the I, you know what I messed up. I messed up, Jeff. I went down to the the market down there to get Pikes. Yeah, to get oysters cuz last time mm-hmm. 6 years ago when we were in Seattle I did that. Uh-huh. Just a little place, not even a a restaurant with service. You just go up to the counter sure. and you sit down at a table. I had oysters there and they were so good. So I did that again and I'm like, I think I found the same place to be honest with you. And I look up the menu and I see a bunch of things and one of them was fried oysters. I'm like, I don't want fri- I don't want fried oysters. I don't want them raw. And then the next one, and it was all I saw was steamed. And without even thinking about it, I just ordered the steamed. Ah, uh, that's not raw. I know. I know. I'm sitting at a table, and then I realized, I'm like, wait, I'm not getting raw oysters. I had to go around the corner to get the raw, raw oysters. So I got steamed oysters, and I found out I do not like, like. steamed oysters. <laughs> They're gross that way. So that was a complete waste. Yeah. <laughs> what a waste that yeah, was. Yeah, no. Um, it, yeah, I love raw oysters. They're but awesome. I also like grilled oysters, too. I don't know if I've had grilled, but I don't uh, New like Orleans. Uh, New Orleans. I never uh, get it. You mean oh, the post game meal? Post game meal. Yeah, you but should. I'm always rushing to get to the bus at the last. Yeah, so minute. am I. But I always stop by and get the grilled oysters. Yeah, I'll try to make sure I do next year, so um, that at least one thing about a trip to New Orleans. The will be good. the funniest um, tidbit that we had in the press box was um, they do a press guide, or not not you know like a tour like it not a, no not like a tour but. They have like a pamphlet of things at oh, the stadium they? and everything. Okay. And there was a Starbucks in the pre- in the yes, there was the pre- there, the, there was a latte box. for me for sure, <laughs> and um, but anyways, it tells you about where the con- different concession stands are. It tells you about all this stuff that stuff. Then there was a the little part about the smoking section, and Gene pointed it out to me, which I thought was really quite funny. It said. Uh, if you're going to smoke cigarettes or marijuana, you have to go to this <laughs> section and get your entry re-entry okay. ban because it uh, it's legal. It's legal there. I don't think I knew that. No, but it was interesting to see it in the in the little guide, and you go, well, I guess you know it's like alcohol, you know, no yeah. alcohol here, alcohol there. Yeah, well, but they wouldn't allow that in the press box. No, you had to go outside. Uh, I when I was down there at the market, I also saw the line coming out of the original Starbucks. Yes. And I'm not a coffee drinker. I've never had a cup of coffee in my mm-hmm. life, so I don't give... It's a dumpy little place. I don't <laughs> care about Starbucks. I don't like the smell of it when I go in there. No oh. offense. Um, but it's so funny because there's a line going around the corner to get into that Starbucks, mm-hmm. and there's another Starbucks probably like 
up right up three the block. tenths of, yeah, yeah. One, around the corner uh, and up one block walk like, right, walk in, right in but yeah. you have to go to the original one yeah. well it, can't you just look at it well it's kind of hard but it is kind of cool inside then it, it's it's real close to the cheese place where they make all the cheese did you see that place i with, didn't see the cheese place oh, that's really i great. probably would have stood in line for that that's pretty cool i mean just jeff i went to the um i almost called you giselle yeah i noticed we that. don't have that relationship <laughs> uh i went to the um Eiffel Tower a couple weeks ago, but I didn't I didn't go up in it, but it's still great to see it. Yeah. I don't need to go in the Starbucks. Right. I can still look at it. But you it. did kind of, it's kind of cool to walk up the I Eiffel mean, I Tower. wouldn't mind going up the Eiffel Tower, but we just didn't think we had time. Yeah, no. So, um, Buccaneers so, football. So, yeah. So, anyways, uh, it was a good trip to Seattle other than the results of the game. Uh, That's two straight times we've gone to Seattle, opened up a several touchdown lead, seen it disappear, yes. gone to overtime, <laughs> and lost in overtime, because that happened in 2013 as it, well. It did. It did. That, though, at that point, Seattle was on their way to the Super Bowl, and they won it, and the Bucks were winless going into that game. That was a Shiano year. Yes. And uh, and, and that loss didn't hurt as bad as this one. Uh, yeah. Did anybody even care? Yeah. But this one, this one, this one smarted. This one smarted. Yeah, and two in a row. And, and, you know, and it's funny because I think, I don't know if we said it on this podcast, but I think we did. I know I said it um, on our my Wednesday thing live with uh, Casey. And you noticed it too. There was a weird undercurrent around here of really com- of a lot of confidence, yeah. and everybody's talking about how pissed off the team was after the Tennessee game. But it had sort of translated into a we're going to win this game, and so that kind of you wonder when you hear a lot of that is it just guys you know brainwashing themselves? Is it yeah. foolish bravado? Mm-hmm. And no, they didn't get the win, but no. they did go there and essentially play well enough for most of the game to win. They were as good as they thought they were going to be with a couple exceptions at mm-hmm. the end. There's a big difference between teams that think they can win and teams that don't think they can win. This team still thinks it can win. It just hasn't proven it yet. And yeah. you know what? You are what your record says you are. Yeah, There's no question about that. Eight more games. Let's see where it goes. And you you know what? You're going to learn a lot. You're going to find out what your future looks like. You're going to find out who really cares as well, real quick. Because, and you know what, you're going to find you're going to have to make some decisions too. Because, Very you know how ones. you know how well our front seven is played, especially the defensive front. Mm-hmm. Most of those guys were free agents or pending free agents. So you're Carl, Shaq, Shaq, Dominic Sue, JPP. Right. So that's four big ones right, right there. Right there. So. Um, Wow, your whole line can be different. Yeah, but I, I gotta believe you keep some of those guys. Oh, or you, you try have, to. You of try course. to. Yeah. So when does that start happening? You probably can't resign them all. Um, I know that when it happened, uh, it felt like the Indomitian Sioux thing was going to be like a one-year stopgap. But I would love to have him back. Mm. I think he's been great. He's been really good, great locker room guy too. Yeah, yeah, that's another one of those guys. We've talked about this before. When a player that you already are familiar with from afar, mm-hmm. and, and I always use Joy Galloway as the mm-hmm. uh, uh, example, comes here and you find out he's not anything like what you thought he was. Mm-hmm. There are plenty of people out there who are who have formed an opinion on Indomitian Sue based on a couple of incidents in his career, and you know he was involved in those things. So I'm not nobody's trying to absolve nope. him of that. But you you probably have a, a person who bases their whole opinion on on those events probably doesn't have a very clear picture of him because if you, one thing he's really really smart. If you want to get a really cool insight on him, um, on the Buccaneers app and on um, Buccaneers.com. Go to podcasts and go to uh, Bucks Total Access. Would have been last week, not this Monday, but so he was on that one. He was on for an hour. I bet that was entertaining. It was real. If you want to know what, if 
listen to him, and you will form an opinion that is probably not even close to what you thought. Not your opinion, but other yeah, people's. Yeah. But it's it's really it's a very good it's a very good list. That starts with me. That that started for me with you saying he's good in the locker room because mm-hmm. you can see that. Oh yeah, you know he's he's just a guy kind very of guy, professional, the kind of guy who kind of can't help but be a leader because of the way he carries himself. Mm-hmm. So and I think he cares very much about winning too. Yeah, I'm he's one of those guys who's wearing it when you see him in his locker after the game. You and I both have been around where you've seen a team have, unfortunately, we're up to four losses in a row now, where the wheels are totally off. Yeah, it looks like things are getting worse. I don't see that at all right now. No, things aren't getting worse. No. I mean, the record's getting worse. (laughs) Yes. But things on the field are not getting worse. Um, Some things have failed to get better fast enough. That's true. Mm -hmm. A lot of that in the secondary. There's still problems, but you also have had so many changes. I mean, Carlton Davis gets hurt right before the game, and Jamel Dean wasn't wasn't expecting to play that. Much you know, for for as much as as Jamel Dean had the issues that he had, he also made some pretty good plays too. He had both, and and now and I think that's what's you know I'm not happy. But if I if I got to find a silver lining, mm. he's going to learn so much from this. But he did make some pretty good plays also. You know what struck me about Jamel when I was watching that game. Um, was how big he is. Mm-hmm. He's fast, too. Yeah, he's very fast. But we had the numbers on that. And I, I know of whatever his height and weight is, you can see that. But some guys strike you as, or me at least, you see them in the locker room or walking around here in the building, and they don't, you don't go, wow, that guy's huge. And then you see him in their pads on the field, and go, man, that guy's big. Mm-hmm. Jamel Dean looks huge for a corner. Mm-hmm. He made an open field tackle in one play, and as I saw the two going down together, I saw the five, and I assumed it was Devin White. 45, and gets up and it's Jamel Dean. I'm like, that was Jamel Dean? He's, he's huge. Yeah. So that's good. I, I, I did like his I, – I'll, I'll say this. He, he answered all the questions in the locker room afterwards, and that's not easy to do. Right. He did say, hey, welcome to the NFL. He said that about he, his – He said about himself. But if you just take a second as a human being and step back and think about it, that, you know, he goes to the game, he gets there, doing his normal routine, and all of a sudden they go – <laughs> hey, you're up. Yeah. And that becomes that mental reps. All you have to do is be ready. And then, by the way, the for the um, the Seahawks are going to run in three in 11 personnel <laughs> yeah. pretty much the entire game. So right at you. <laughs> all three of the corners were out there for almost every snap. Yeah. Um, that's Sean Murphy Bunting, a coach said, had a really good game. He did. And Vernon Hargraves and Jamel Dean. So there was nowhere to hide. He was going to be out there every snap. They were just—that's what they were going to do. And I, I, you know, I don't know if Seattle does that. I'd have to go look. I don't know if Seattle always runs such a high preponderance of eleven personnel, mm-hmm. three receivers, but maybe they just decided to do so because well, that was the best bet against our defense. Yeah, and you know, you talk about penalties and rookie mistakes, and uh, White had that problem when we were in the Tampa two. He ran down. He was with his guy, but yeah. the guy got ahead. He, you know, he didn't have to touch him because right. the ball was not catchable. Those are frustrating. And and, but it's a learning lesson. But and you gotta remember too when when he was with LSU, you know, they didn't do a whole lot of pass coverage. They didn't. No. So I don't watch a lot of college football. Well, you, you, a lot of you know, that's the difference is because there it's like alley oop time. You know. Yeah. You remember there? I could tell by the way you described that play that in in our old Tampa two defense it was so good the middle linebacker often had deep middle coverage responsibilities, he which does. clearly was yes. the case on that play. Uh, and guys like Shelton Corals and Hardy Nickerson were good at it. 
and not everybody was good at that. Yeah, it's not easy to do. It, it's it's probably the hardest part because the Tampa two defense is pretty simple in its approach, and and a lot of the jobs, while difficult to do, are you know along the skill set you'd expect to have. Mm-hmm. Asking the middle linebacker to have deep coverage ability uh, responsibilities in some cases is a difficult thing. It is, and you have to have a player who can do it, like Shelton. He, he, in the Super Bowl, Shelton got banged up. Nate Webster was out there for a little while, and the difference was noticeable. Immediately. Immediately. And then I, Shelton, I, some didn't bad. Derek tell him Miracle. to get back on the field? <laughs> yeah. So he, he fought Well, yeah, it. when you're in the Super Bowl, you, your, your threshold for pain goes way up. So one, right. I guess we're about done here first, yeah, but let's talk about Mike Evans before we go. Oh, yes. Because in the last two games, he has 378 receiving yards and three touchdowns, and it's just He's a one. Well, he's not a one-man show because Chris Godwin's still putting up numbers. They just they shrink in comparison recently. Now next week, who knows? It might be Chris Godwin. He's already had several 150-yard games himself. Mm-hmm. Um, but what Mike's doing right now is amazing. At what point, if you're a defensive coordinator and you're going to play the Buccaneers and Mike Evans, don't you just go? We're not going to man-to-man him. Well, they did that in the um, Tennessee game in the fourth quarter. That was the point. It was like we're not going to let him beat us. He had 180 not- yards through three quarters, and then. They just bracketed him on every every play. It's like you got the corner covering him, and then the safety comes, and they're mm-hmm. standing right there. And, right. and Jameis looks that way and goes, I can't do that, and then throws it in Brashard Perryman's direction or something. Uh, so it didn't look like the Seahawks ever did that, no, which they was did. a little surprising. Yes, that's what, I, that's what I'm bringing up. Okay. Is, is at what point don't you just go, we're just we're going to take him out because he's one of the biggest weapons the Buccaneers have. Well, the right good now. thing for us is if they do that, Chris Godwin will go off. Wow. And both those guys, you've mentioned how Mike is unselfish. Both those guys will be happy with what mm-hmm. either result. And then we should get O.J. Howard back this week. And I know his season started slow, but I still think he's going to have a good second half. Mm-hmm. And so you got a couple guys you can really sting them with uh, if they decide to take that approach on. Mike. Yeah, well, our tight ends have been quiet. They were quiet in the Seattle game. There was only, I think, three There was three balls. There one was to the, Cam, one to Claire. Cam didn't get a target. Oh, he didn't get that one? That was in Tennessee. He only played 11 snaps, and oh, he was okay. clearly fighting through that ribs thing. Tanner Hudson took Tanner, most of his snaps and had a had a pass on the goal line. That was a difficult play. It was high. It seemed like maybe his his leap was a little bit mistimed. Maybe he was just on the wrong foot at well, the moment he needed well, to jump. Excellent analysis. Why there. did Dave Moore say the same thing? He did. He did. He did leap a little too soon. Yeah. And and I think sometimes that happens with a guy, or he doesn't dive on a play where you look and you go, well, if he'd have dived, he'd have a shot at it. Uh-huh. And I think sometimes you're just in the wrong spot in your stride. Right. Uh, so, uh, yeah, he he was coming down already, when and so he was the, the catch became more difficult because we saw him make really difficult catches in the preseason. Anthony O'Claire had one catch and I think he had another target, and that was yeah that was about it for the tight ends, uh, and, and that's why they were quiet. But they were also quiet because Mike Evans and Ronald Jones were doing great. Ronald Jones, he he has a. An... I think we have a new starter. I don't think we're going back. Got to see him. You know, he's another guy. You see it on TV. Wow, that's impressive. See it in person. It's even more impressive. And I thought he's coming. I I first noticed. I thought it the Rams game was when I really like. Wow. Yeah, he was good there. He was. Who is this guy? And I think the more he plays, I think he's understanding it more and more, and his natural ability is coming to play. Yeah, that second part especially, there's the sharp cuts that he's making and several of them in a row, and it's just a matter of time till one of those breaks out in the open field like it did for Chris Carson. Although that was more a case of bad tackling. He almost had one. He he was like a foot away. He was one foot away. He's been close, and he had three carries that were 10 or more yards 
and he just and, and they were all involved like several sharp cuts. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what you need. You need a guy just instinctively making cuts when he gets to the second level. And and when I was saying one foot away, I'm not talking about a ruler foot. I'm talking about the guy is they grabbed his foot. He was one <laughs> foot away. All right. All right. Well, I think we're just a couple seconds away from mm-hmm. getting on to the rest of this podcast. Uh, um, you know, we'll get our guest in here and then we'll answer fans' questions. The Salty Dogs. And we're back here on the Salty Dogs podcast for the second segment. Everybody knows what that is by now. That's when we get a player in here. Well, it's the most important segment of it's this podcast. It's the one that makes the podcast happen. Today you, with us is... Can you guess who this is? <laughs> well, well, unfortunately, <laughs> if they click on a link, it's going to say who it is. It has your name, but so I do like the fact. Dang it. <laughs> thought I was being cool. Yeah, you were. So that's Matt Gay you're listening to. I like I'm that. I'm still Scott Smith. And I'm still Jeff Ryan. Um, Jeff, when I was walking with Matt over from the locker room, because mm-hmm. he very graciously agreed on the spur of the moment to sure. do this. Um, I told him the name of the podcast. <laughs> and, whoa. Go ahead. Keep going. No, it's gone. It's no, gone. you're right there. All right. Well, I couldn't. Now, what are you doing over there? <laughs> I'm just messing with you. <laughs> I'm just chilling. Here. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. We're going to let our guest talk at some point. Right? Okay, go ahead. Uh, so I told him the name of the podcast, and why don't you reveal to him what you revealed to me? I wish this was on camera. That's my zipper of my jacket. <laughs> Look at that. And the back says Salty Boys. And the back oh. of my shirt says Salty Boys. So, so he, was ta- he, was, he was born for this. This oh. is the Salty Dogs podcast. <laughs> well, we, what we need to do is take pictures of that and then put it on. Salty yeah. Boy. Uh, yeah. So, Matt, um, you have, since the season began, your family has grown. Yes, it has. Yeah. What's it like to, um, to have, welcome a new child into the, into the world at the same time you're trying to play football? It is chaotic. Yeah. It is amazing. Yeah. It's been busy, busy, um, but it's everything good has happened all at once. I mean, in the same weekend is when the final rosters came out mm-hmm. for uh. the season. So I had gone home. I had got the news that I was on the final roster for the season, mm-hmm. the 53. My son was born. Son, and then Son's name is? Oliver. Oliver, okay. Oliver. And then ended up getting a place down here. Um, all in one week. All in one week. They say you're not supposed to make all those big life decisions at the same time. <laughs> you know, yeah. I just thought, why not? One, <laughs> why not one? Why not five? Just get Let's them just all. Do just it. get yeah. it together, right? Just make it happen. I like so you it. found a place to live. Yep. Yep. Which you were you waiting to do that until you saw the fifty three man roster? Yeah, uh huh. I was waiting. I had a few places I was looking at, um, but uh, wanted to wait till it was final until everything kind of came out, and and then make sure that when my wife and kid came out here, they'd have a place to to live, feel settled. <laughs> yeah, to feel settled, feel like it was so, home for them. Cairo did not have a bad preseason. He's a good kicker. He's a fantastic kicker. So. Um, you, you had your work cut out for you. It wasn't handed to you. So just describe the feeling when you won the job. Yeah, I mean, it was I, – I didn't think that I would be as ex- excited as I was. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that comes off wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but getting here, knowing I had to compete, and then seeing how good Cairo was. Like in training <laughs> camp, you guys came to practices and stuff. Yeah. But he was lights out. Like he, the guy did not miss a kick in in practices in preseason games, and so I mean he definitely pushed me to to me stay locked in, stay focused, to be the best kicker that I could be. Um, but to actually find out that you know you you got the job and it's it's yours, the whirlwind of OTAs in the summer and training camp, all to kind of it's the start of something, but it kind of was 
well, an accomplishment, a, pay, well, a payoff. So, it sounds like you you went into it and you just weren't assuming, even though you were a pretty good high draft pick, you weren't assuming that this job's just mine. So I can I can get where you're saying yeah. is that yeah you're you're it's a business, so oh, yeah. you're you're in business mode. But then all of a sudden you get to relax just for a second when they say you're on the 53 man roster. I could see where the enthusiasm would kick. Yeah, I mean it. It's 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 a like you said it's a relaxation moment. Um, just for like. I was gonna say yeah. probably not for long. Like, oh, I got to snap back in and go yeah. for the season. But I mean, oh my gosh, you know, like, it's just me now. Like, there's no, I'm not competing. I can kind of breathe, breathe a little yeah. bit. I can kind of get into me, you know, rather than and focus on the operation rather than a competition think, per se. So, I think everybody in your draft class made the active roster, or in Terry Beckner's case, mm-hmm. made the practice squad. Yep. So, I mean, you guys all root for each other. I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, rookie class comes in. I mean, you want. I mean, those are the guys you're with. You yeah. come in with, and you do all the rookie meetings and things like that together. So you guys, you bond a little bit. And so, I mean, you want everyone to to succeed and do well. And I think the percentage for draft picks, draft picks like actually panning out or, or sticking to the team. I mean, it's hard. It's tough. I mean, yeah. it's like you said, it, NFL is a business, and if you're not gonna do what you're supposed to do, I mean, there's a the next guy up. And you're you expendable. So. And you can bond with all these young guys because you're, you're you're a few years older than the rest of those guys, right? <laughs> yeah, I I mean I'm just <laughs> you're a married I, man. Married man, got a kid. These guys, a lot of them aren't married or they've got girlfriends and stuff. But I mean, I was I was there. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you, you are. He, he had game. Come on now. You but are I, older than the typical NFL rookie because uh-huh. you went on a mission, yep. right? Yeah. Did can you talk about that? Was what was that experience like? Uh, mission was amazing. It was Mexico. Is that where you went? Houston. Houston. Went Same Houston. difference. Yeah. Close. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just a it's a time where nothing is about you. I mean, you you're there completely giving everything that you have to serve other people, to talk about Jesus, and just try to bring people to to Christ. And and you do that by not just talking to them about it, trying to shove it in their face, but you do that by trying to be Christ-like. I mean, showing love, just serving people, doing what Jesus did when he was on the earth. It's just just an amazing experience to meet a lot of people, have a, a lot of cool experiences. Um, so that was just a definitely a growing moment in for me in yeah, life. Yeah, that, that's my question. Growing. As you went into it, <clears throat> as you left, did you, th- did you feel like you were going to get what you got out of it when you went into it? I mean, when you went on mission? Yes and no. I mean, I thought, looking back, I thought it would be different than it was. And coming home, I now realize that it took me a while to like realize what lessons oh, I learned. Okay, yeah, like that means even, were probably deep then. Yeah, even now I'm like, okay, wow, I learned this when I was on okay. my mission. I learned how to handle this situation or, or deal with this. Or so even now, I mean, you still think back to the times when you were on the mission and you're still learning, still seeing like seeing it paying off now. Like, wow, okay, this really changed me. Yeah, it made me made me grow up and just grow as a person, as a human being in life. Speaking of great experiences, what an incredible segue, huh? Um, is it right that this your, your wife is from London? Yeah. She is. Yeah. Uh-huh. And you're a, a huge fan of, of Tottenham? Uh-huh, definitely. So yeah. going there to play must have been incredible. It was a dream come true. <laughs> I mean, all growing up, I thought I was going to be playing soccer. Yeah. Um, and the goal was to play in England in the English Premier League. and so. No, I read something. I'm going to interrupt just for a second. I read something, and I want to know if it's true or not. And when you were on mission, that – you put on more weight, so you ended up not playing soccer and went into football. 
Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so you enjoyed the cuisine a great deal. You oh, yeah. Were, yeah. Okay. So I read that, and then I, I, I wasn't sure whether that was true or not. Texas has got great food. <laughs> yeah. Tex -Mex. Great food. Yeah, they need more Tex-Mex around at what, here. At what, we'll, we'll get back to, the, to uh, Tottenham, but when did I think you— think it's Tottenham. 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 Tottenham Hotspurs. <laughs> yeah. When did you realize you gained too too much weight that you could that you weren't as good as you were playing soccer because you were a leader uh, in scores in, mm -hmm. in college, correct? Yeah. Before yeah. I went on the mission, I was worried. I was like, oh no, because <laughs> people genuinely gain weight on the mission anyway. Because mm -hmm. a lot of the members, people, um, they feed you anyway. Mm -hmm. So like, and when they feed you, that's like their big meal for yeah. they, oh we're feeding the missionaries. Let's, let's put on a good meal. Yeah. But that's you every night. So you're getting <laughs> stuffed every night and you're like, oh gosh. Um so ended up yeah, put on and then I came back and I just could not lose the weight. I was doing everything I could, um, running, eating right, fitness and I just didn't get back to fitness level by the time season started. Hmm. And that set up for a very frustrating mm. returning season not getting the minutes I wanted, not playing, not scoring goals, which ultimately led me into being open to making a switch when someone kind of mentioned it. Yeah, whose idea was that? A teammate mentioned it. Oh. He was like, hey, I know someone at Utah, if you've ever thought about it. And if I was having a great season soccer-wise, I would have been like, yeah. Yeah, right. But, I mean, right. it kind of came at the right time. I was like, oh, this sucks right now. I'm not playing. So, so you ate yourself out of soccer <laughs> and into the NFL. <laughs> that worked I love out it. all right. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That worked out great. That's a good headline right there. Yep, not working on my part. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> it didn't work for you? No, it's not working for you. So, anyways, you're at, in in uh, Tottenham, and you got to play there. The stadium there, was great. And the stadium oh. was pretty impressive. Were, were you at the old one before they built the new one? So I had been back to London each of the last two years just as they tore it down. So wow. I saw that just being kind of built. Mm -hmm. I went back the next year, and it was almost finished um, in March of this year. And then finally got to go back um, a few weeks ago and actually be in it and play in it. And it was just a – That's a cool stadium. It is very cool stadium. Very cool. It was yeah. really strange right smack dab in that town, though. Oh, that's that's Tottenham for you. Yeah. I mean, but, it's, but, it's, a, it's a rougher area, and those people live, breathe – yeah, yeah they've been, I think they, soccer, oh, they've football. been playing soccer there since like 1895 or some some crazy yeah. uh -huh. in that same White Hart Lane. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's the like, longest ever, right? right. Yep. Just right there. Um, it it is kind of it's like that uh, the effect that Green Bay used to have when before they started building everything around Lambeau Field. Yeah, it you was like through a neighborhood. yeah, it was right in the neighborhood. Yeah. Now they've put a lot of different products, well, yeah. commercial there, buildings. So that's a cool place. Yeah. Too. So um, in this last game. Uh, you made two field goals and Forkster points, I think. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, yep. There was the 50 yarder that just stayed left. It mm -hmm. looked like, and up to that point, you'd made 21 kicks in a row. Mm -hmm. I don't know. You probably didn't know the exact didn't number. Um, did you feel like you're in a zone, or is that just kind of, you, it's just normal for you? Because 21 kicks in a row, because because extra points are basically field goals now. Yeah, I, there's no real extra points anymore. I mean, that yeah. thir that's a 33 yard field goal. I mean, it's it completely. I think my opinion has changed mm -hmm. the NFL completely agree. completely so I totally agree um I mean definitely kicking is a it's a confidence thing I think guys you see sometimes will miss one and then miss the next one and they struggle it's a mental it's a mental game kicking so you definitely want to you're building off confidence I mean you, then one goes in two goes in three goes in and that you start feeling like well I, I can't miss I mean I so you get in that mindset for sure um, I went on a, a really long streak in college, yeah. so it kind of just felt like just last year. I mean, I was 
okay, you know, you're, you're almost not even thinking about it. Yeah, that's it's, a good place to be. It is a great place to be, and I still feel like I'm there. Um, looking back at the 50-yarder that I missed, just, I mean, it, it wasn't me. It was out of rhythm. Okay. Um, definitely knew when I came off my but foot that I didn't hit it great. But I mean, That was the first try of the game for you, though, right? So uh-huh. you clearly didn't affect yeah, you because you I, made every kick. Yeah, you made a couple extra points. Extra points. Um, and then had had to go back in it and hit some other field goals yeah. that game. But, I mean, it still did feel like the point where I'm, it's almost like you're not thinking about it. It's just you're just playing football, doing it. Jeff and I have been working here for a long time. And in, like, the 90s when I got here, if you sent your kicker out to try a 50-yard field goal, it was more of a, well, maybe we can get this. Mm-hmm. It's a riskier yeah. thing. You don't try them as often. I don't feel like maybe it's just maybe it's just you and some of the other kickers or maybe it's the NFL as a whole, but – I'm sure when you get sent out for a 50-yarder, a coach is almost certain he's going to get it, right? I mean, you've made 58, 54, 52 already with ease. That one had plenty of distance. I mean, 50-yarders are you expect to make now. Is yeah. that accurate? Kickers nowadays are so good. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. 50 is expected. Yeah, yeah I think 50 I mean, is like the new 40. Well, it was. Yeah, it really is. If you just go back and listen to the way he said, yeah, I was kicking a 50-yarder, he – the confidence of saying a 50 yarder is bringing up exactly what you're, yeah. you're saying 50 yard now it isn't but I, you're you're right when a guy would go out to kick a 50 yarder you're like it was your last hope and if you yeah. made it yeah. it was this big deal uh, yeah it was yeah. like are you kidding me you know you can't you believe it yeah now, nowadays guys are hitting 50 yarders routinely just like yeah what did you what did you think of um century link field uh Really cool stadium. Yeah. I thought that was a great, really cool layout, really cool stadium, the way it is um, built. Great atmosphere as well. I mean, I mean that's what you want. I mean, crazy, loud fans. I mean, it just sets up for a good game, and it was a good game. And the, yeah, it uh, was. Yeah, so. Now it's good to be home, though, after all that, all those trips, isn't it? Long, long time from, from being in Raymond James, so I'm excited to get back uh home and, and play some games. It'll be yeah, good yeah, for those fans. We'll let you get out of here in just yeah. a second. But did, good. Mo- most of the players, uh, it seems like they've said that they didn't really think that all those road trips in a row ended up affecting the team that much. Did you find it grueling at all? Not, I thought it was a little bit. Yeah, Not not for me, really. I mean, it kind of seemed, again, you got in a routine. It was like, all right, well. We're on the road we're again. We're on the plane. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't like have to repack your suitcase. You're on a plane. Yeah, get my suitcase out. Yeah, just didn't yeah. put it away. You didn't put it away. You just took <laughs> it out. Did lock. It got laundry, laundry done. Throw new stuff. Yeah, so, that's so true. It was yeah. It's just routine. I mean, it kind of when you do that many weeks in a row, it mm. just kind of became like okay, yeah, pack the bag, get on the plane, let's go. Um, well, now we can get into being at home routine, and now we can kind of get back into to being at home. But I mean, it was wasn't that it was, bad? Okay, wasn't that bad for me? I think it was, it was fine. Well, good. I, I think after it was over, I think thinking about it was worse than actually doing it. But I <laughs> yeah. didn't. But but I didn't play. So yeah, that was a big difference. It was yeah. a big difference. So, so I mean, I I I don't think the schedule makers will ever do that again. At least not to you us. You would hope not. Well, may have to save this because you know how the NFL works. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's survival. There's eight games left. Let's see where it goes. So, yeah, for yeah. sure. You know. Well, okay, Matt, we really appreciate your yeah. time. Thanks, Thanks again. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, it was fun inter- being on here. Interesting story. I like it. Uh, I like the, the salty dogs and the salty boys. Yeah, well, the salty shirt and, and going on a boys. mission <laughs> and, and leaving soccer to become a professional football player. That's pretty strong. It's not I your like every day. It. No, it's <laughs> yeah. not your every day. <laughs> I'd say he's the first guest we've had this year that 
did that. Yes. Yeah. Really? Surprising. I, I don't know if that's... Are you going to tell Oliver that good advice? Well, just eat, son. Just keep eating. You can hey, always... Put it on. <laughs> well, you do want to eat a lot at this point. Yeah, right. Right. All, All right, right. Thanks, thanks again, Matt. Thanks. thanks. Appreciate it. The Salty Dogs. And one more time, we're back here on the Salty Dogs podcast with Scott Smith. Jeff Ryan. I don't think we said our names. At this, t- at this stage of the game, if you don't know who the Salty Dogs are, just roll with it. Well, us. this guy who's got our first question for us um, says he's he's listened to every single show. Well, thank you. So he knows our names. I like that. Um, I, rec- is, is I recognize it? his, too. I've ever seen this name before, Kent Denny. Okay. Um, how many have there been? You know, I noticed something, Jeff, when I was when I was downloading one of my favorite podcasts. It'd be week. almost, let's see, it'd be uh, 20, and we're in week, week uh, 9, so... Week 10. But we did it in the preseason, too, didn't we? Yeah, so it would be, I think we're at 30 right now. You know, I noticed in this other podcast that I was downloading um, for the trip back, as a matter of fact, that uh, they numbered them, and I thought, ooh, there's a good idea. Oh, podcast one, podcast two. Salty Dogs, number, episode one, episode two. Uh, we, we should... We, we date them. They're, da- they're on dates. I'd like to have them numbered. Well, talk to uh, talk to the uh, well. Talk to Max. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it may be too late now, but I think we should have thought of it. Well, they can go back and number them before I. Mean, I yeah, that's, following the date. That's an annoying job. I hate to put in an annoying job. Hello, hello, Bree, intern, <laughs> interns. That's what interns are for. What you do is jobs. This is how it works. You tell Max. Max tells Bree. There, we'll get it done. Exactly. Um, Actually, before we get to these questions, isn't there a topic you sometimes like to bring up here in the last bit? Which one? I don't know, Jeff. What topic? Here in the last segment, sometimes you've asked me about a certain... Oh, oh, geez. How is your fantasy football <laughs> week? <laughs> I'm only talking about the one that is the Buccaneers Fantasy Challenge on our is website. Is this part of his question, or is this you no. all of a sudden going... You asked the question, Jeff. Okay. You brought it up. All right. Um, Inquiring minds want to know. I'm dying to know about it's that It's that league where nine fans want a contest and they're trying to beat yes. me and Casey Phillips and Carmen Vitale. And if they do, they're going to win a lot of great prizes. Right. Uh, and we held the draft right here in the draft room. And Mike Evans came in yeah. and hugged the hugged woman them, who, who drafted, who drafted him. him which and is by the way, cool. her team has won three in a row after losing the first six. And not, wow. not no small part because Mike Evans is going off for Good her. Good for her. So, anyway, there was one undefeated team left, going, not me, going mm. into this week. He was the leader. And he is no longer undefeated. Because he played you? Because he played me. Wow. We have... Would, we you, have, be, would you be talking about this had it gone the other way, or would you just let me have forgotten to ask? Well, it's, you know, it it's always up to you whether it gets right. brought up That's true. You yeah. waving your hands at me <laughs> frantically, holding up the sign, fantasy football. Yes. But continue. It was pretty good, even though I have no running backs, basically. I somehow managed to win. Mm-hmm. So, um, wow, I feel good enlightened. Pat myself on the back. Yeah. yeah, but he's still leading the total. <clears throat> he's eight and one. He's still in first. I'm six and three in third place. Well, so he's two games ahead. Yes, that's hard ooh, to that's hard math. to catch up with only eight. You don't left. have to catch up. Just have to make it. Just have to make it. Okay. Just have to make the playoffs. All right. Oh, anything, I see. There's a playoffs. Yeah. Anything can happen once again. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh. All right. Jeff and Scott, longtime listener, haven't missed a show. Last week, Tennessee Titans, the TV commentators. Not radio. He put TV in yeah. quote marks for some reason. I think that's an actual thing. Yeah. I don't think he needs quote marks. What he's doing here is trying to, I guess he's trying to not. Matt bring, Millen was the color analyst in that game. He's trying to make sure we're not talking about Gene, Gene and Dave. Dave. Okay. Kept describing Jameis's play as not consistent, and I guess it was somewhat true. Yeah, okay. A little bit. That's fair. 
But again, the turnovers, as we've discussed many times in that game, have been pretty much broken down to be not his fault. Mm-hmm. Let's just go back to that real quick because I saw Dave. Dave Moore. Dave Moore on Saturday, and he said he'd heard what – he said during the Tennessee game, as it happened, it did look like there were some bad throws by Jameis. And he said that on the air. But he said he heard what Bruce said, so he decided to go and look at the film. And, and he said – he told me he, Bruce was completely right. And I don't need to get into the whole explanation. Right. But Dave was explaining why, what the defense was showing, what the receivers were supposed to do, et cetera, and they didn't do it. Yeah. And Jameis threw the ball where it was supposed to be thrown. We had a, we had a beer over that conversation. And Dave was basically was, drawing it out for yeah. me and saying, Shoot, you see it? And I go, yeah. And he goes, well, this is what should have happened. He goes, if – if it's if it's run properly, he, right in the chest, you're going to get hit. He was adamant about ball. it to the point where he's yeah. telling me he wanted to try to. Is there some way where I can get that film and I can show? I think he wanted to like create a little video and yeah. show it on Twitter. Yeah, he, he did. He he was very well because he understands as a player, you get criticism and you take it because you're a player. But a lot of times, people just like to pick on you. Yeah, and and and. Based you on know, what's happening in the Yeah, past. and if you're the quarterback, you you know, you get more credit for wins yeah. and you get more credit for losses. But Yeah. And I don't think I don't think of Dave as a as a, as a guy that specifically is a Jameis no. apologizer, oh, apologizer no. right? No. He he didn't do this because he's he's the guy who's always back Jameis or not. I don't know. I haven't heard all the facts. He, he's probably neutral. He there, right? he is he he will say when he does well and he will say when you can't do that. So for him to be so adamant about it, I I believe him. I mean, I already believed coach, mm-hmm. but it's another voice telling you, "Hey, think what you want about Jameis, but those turnovers in Tennessee were not his fault." Well, what was what was interesting is he heard what Bruce had said and he was like, "You know, I, you know, I thought of that a little bit because we talked about it afterwards, and then he goes, he went back. But, but I'm going to brag a little bit. That's why he's our color analyst because he does go back and look at tape and yeah. he watches tape and he, it's not, he's just not spouting stuff to spout stuff. Right. He certainly knows what he's talking about. That's for sure. So, in the consistency. So, what's the question? Uh, this week he looked better, passing, checkdowns, running, and decision making. Okay. It may be a bit. Earlier, I think he meant early. Uh-huh. But where or how does consistency come into play for the Bucks decision makers on Jameis's mm. future with the team? I like Jameis, but I'm not sure what's best for the team. Thanks, and have an awesome day, Kent, Denny, and Tampa. That's that. Where that's it. We all know he can have huge games. Mm-hmm. We all know he can have problematic games like the Carolina one. So consistency is the thing. Yeah, and I, and I think you're asking about a decision that I don't think is even close to being made yet. I think it's going to be one of those. It's going to be a total body of work. Two weeks ago or two games ago, three weeks, I guess, after the Carolina game, after the five interceptions and the fumble, um, coach said of him, we have to get to the point where these are these games that happen are one in a million, not mm-hmm. one in five. Mm-hmm. And we said, well, there's ten games left. So if he does it two more times, he's done it one in five, and that's something you have to really wonder about. Well, since then, I think he's played well. And so now we got eight more to see. Can he get that consistency? And I think that he can. Mm-hmm. I think I, he can. And I think it's going to be the whole – I think it's going to be this total body of work previous Bruce Arians and the body of work with Bruce Arians this year. And then that decision gets made. Yeah, it's but a, more emphasis tough... on the latter because Bruce always makes a point of saying, hey, I've been with him X number yeah, of games, games not yeah. five years. Uh, and that's fair because Bruce needs to know how James can play in his offense. And there's there's many ways, and I'm not saying this can ha- this is going to happen by no means. I have no idea. But, you know, everybody's talking about you have to resign him, you have to resign him. But everybody forgets there's always the franchise tag there. 
There is. You could do. You, you could do one year. You Probably do one not year. two because it gets so prohibitively yeah. expensive. But if you're not 100 percent sure, you can do the. the you get. You, you can buy yourself franchise. another year. Yeah. And I'm not and saying he still gets paid. Oh well. yeah, yeah, like 28 million. I think. That, <laughs> I think the base. But that's is. what quarterbacks get. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I think that is going to be a big issue down the stretch. I have a feeling that James is going to answer that well. And I would rewind that to the Tennessee game from there on. The last 10 games. Does he show the consistency? And um, I'm kind of optimistic that we're going to see that. Yeah. Um, by the way, this next question came off of Twitter, and they did the they did a hashtag salty dogs. Oh, um, and also added me, so it was pretty easy for me to find. But cool. you can do that. Remember, you can do that. I don't think I've made a point recently of saying if you want to send us an email question, it's salty dogs at buccaneers nfl.com make sure you get the dot nfl oh, between com. there yeah it's a trick um so do that do do twitter um we, we love getting your questions any way you send them so this one was uh his twitter handle is just in danger just in danger at jay whitaker 33 um mm. what do you think about the bucks going after ed reed as a db coach well i'll say this I would love to have Ed Reed working for my football team in any capacity. Mm-hmm. He's just went in the Hall of Fame. I got to believe. I know he's had a little bit. He, he had one year coaching in Buffalo. The whole season didn't go very well. No. I don't think he enjoyed the experience. He was with the, the Ryans at that point. Yeah, I'm not sure. It, some of How comments, it all went, yeah. Some of his comments <laughs> seemed to indicate that he didn't like some of the approach of the coaches up there, the way they talk to players. We, we, we would call that phil- philosophical differences <laughs> is what he was having up there. In that interview that I was reading after I looked at this question, um, he, per, Ed Reed was like he, saying he'd love to have another chance, and he, he, but he, the situation has to be right, and he threw out the, the um, Patriots. Yeah. So, uh, I first of all, he's asking us to hire a DB coach. We've already got DB coaches. So let's say that we're not trying to get rid of anybody, but having Ed Reed on your team, I think is, is probably a good thing. Good, good, good football player and a good guy. So, well, and just, I'm sure to be that good at safety, you gotta be a really smart guy. I'm I'm guessing he's a really smart guy. And, um, I'm sure he'd he'd have a lot of wisdom. He could pass on to Mm -hmm. young safeties. And we have some of those. Um, but we already have defensive backs coaches. Who and are like, they are in their ear right now. And now, always remember this about coaching is I can tell you what you need to do, and I can tell you over and over again what you need to do. But if you don't grasp it, it doesn't matter how many times and how many times I show you. Then you get replaced. Then you get replaced, yes. One more question. Dogs, I'll keep it short and sweet. Hmm. I know the Bucks are two and six, which means the playoffs are probably not happening. That's fair. That's close. I'd still like to see some improvement. This is kind of what we were talking about yeah. earlier. And some nice games down the stretch, especially at home. Very good point. We need some good home games. So what's the best game you can remember in what was otherwise not a very good Buccaneers season, at least by record? Love the show and all the player guests this year. If you can get to my question, my thanks in advance. And his name's Turner. I guess that's his first name. Turner M. And he says he's from Orlando. Okay. So a good game in a season, you know, the obvious thing to me is is, is the stuff in nineteen. We talked about it before nineteen ninety six. Mm-hmm. Bucks were zero and five, and then one and eight. That don't that was your Tony Dungy stick with it, and the San Diego game obviously was big. Played really. I think we killed Chicago at the end of that season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What a Super Bowl? Yeah. Ninety six. Oh, ninety six. So yeah. this is this is a season where the record wasn't good, mm-hmm. but there's a game you remember being really good. Well, yeah, you could pick up any of those games. There's kind really of a good. lot of that because every team. Yeah. Let I me. Mean, uh, my first year here, there was a couple. My first year here, ninety two. That was also Sam White's first year, and we shot out of the gates by killing 
Phoenix, they called themselves mm-hmm. at the time, and Green Bay. Now, those weren't good teams, and that became kind of obvious when we only won like three more games mm-hmm. the rest of the way. But we we killed Green Bay, killed them. That was the, that was the game where Brett Favre made his debut. Yeah, Don Mikowski, we heard him. And magic Man. Yeah, the Magic Man. <laughs> The magic man whose green Bay career came to an end that day. Very quickly. Um, Drat. <laughs> and from then on, it was Brett Favre. Uh, Favre. Favre. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. So those were a couple. More recently. I was. What was the Philadelphia game? What was that year where, where Doug Martin had a huge game? 15, I think. I've got yeah. a media guide. I think it was 2015, which wasn't altogether a great year. Um, that would have well, been, the one where Matt Bryan kicked the 63-yard field goal, that wasn't a winning season, I don't believe. That was 2004, 2004 or six. Like. Uh, it would have been five. No, five we won. It was oh. 2006. Five we, we went to the playoffs. It was 2006, and it was against Philly. And what were we that year? At the time, we were one and okay. four, and we finished four and 12. So that's a good one. Okay. Ronnie now, Barber uh, had two pick sixes mm-hmm. in that one. The funniest story about that, and I still think it's really funny, is Rondi Barber had two pick six. Matt Bryan kicks the field goal. Matt Bryan gets the key to the city. <laughs> and Rondi is Rondy's still like, bitter about it to this day because when he was going into the ring of honor, he brought it up. That's right, he did. In a, good, in a, <laughs> in, in a funny way. But, but, that, but you, know, you know, when you look back at that, you know, a guy makes a kick and he gets the key, and if he doesn't get the two picks, you're not even there. How, how far was that field goal? Uh, well, I thought 63. Or was it 62? 62. Okay, 63 was the record, right, back in – Many many years ago, the, the Tom Dempsey. Yeah, Tom thing. Dempsey. Uh, it's been beaten since. Yeah, then. I believe it has. Um, Sixty-two is our record, mm-hmm. uh, and that was that day. You would think I would know it, considering it's on the start of the Salty Dogs. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. The Philadelphia game was 2015. Remember, we went up there and Doug Martin had a huge day, mm-hmm. and we scored 45 points, and it, like ever, we just demolished yeah. them. That was a bad season. We were nothing better than going to Philadelphia and winning. It wasn't terrible at the time. That made us three, five, and one, two, three, four, five, at five and five. So maybe we felt a little confident at that point. Mm-hmm. But then we only won one more game the rest of the way, and then Lovey Smith was like, "Oh, here's what I like to see happen." Right now, we are two and six, and I would like to see starting on Sunday against the Arizona Cardinals some really great plays that we can talk about. So we can be and three I and can six. say, and so that I can say, ah. Oh, that was one of my favorite ones. <laughs> How's that? Yeah, so we can answer this question a well, year from now. Well, you know, it, it, it's like I said. What be- was this guy's name? Uh, Turner. Turner. Like, Send us the question a year from now. Yeah, yeah. It, it's like I said Turner. before. You know, scary part is when you lose one, you lose two in a row and how fast it goes. <laughs> okay. That's the same things with wins. So now, that, so now that my theory has been proven correctly in the L column, I now want my theory to be proven in the W column. And if you get one, then it's, it could snowball. Okay, but it needs to be like the 2006 season. Not the 2013 season in which we were 0-7, and that's when we went to Seattle and nearly beat them. Mm -hmm. And then we nearly won that game, and it felt great. And then we won four of our next five games, and you're like, wow, this is turning around. And then maybe fortunately we lost our last three, and then that was it for the Greg Shiano era. Yep. And uh, I don't think there was a lot of tears shed when that era. It happened, though. It existed. Mm-hmm. So, is that it? Are we done? Yeah. Did we get it all? Yeah. Thanks and, for all the questions again. Mm-hmm. Email and, and listen. Twitter. Come on, come on out to uh, to the game on on uh, uh, crucial catch game. It's our crucial crucial Can't catch read. game. Yeah. When do they wear the tennis shoes with all the? Um, that's not this week. No, I that's not this week. Already. That that's um, the my cause my cleats. My, yes. It's got to be coming up, right? It, it is because we have veterans after I that. Love that game. So do I. And those then, cleats. And then that. So. So this is the crucial catch game. Yep. Okay. Good. And this is a good one to come out to. It's a nice uh, one o'clock game. 
Our, our players, nice. has the pink accents on uniforms gone away? Has that kind of faded away? Well, they what they've done is instead of just making it only and and I, when I say this, I'm I'm not minimalizing minimal, minimalizing minimizing minimizing. It was all about pink and breast cancer, and now the crucial catch includes all, all cancer. Okay, so so it is it is just. So, cancer is a horrible thing, and it's, it's encompassing yeah, so it's it not, all. It's not okay. So that's why it's pink not just isn't, one isn't such of a big deal anymore because mm-hmm. we're talking about all kinds of cancer. Yes. Okay. So, yes. what what happens at the crucial catch game? Is it just awareness or, or funds raised? In yeah. It's, well, we have our our uh, TC five k oh yeah, on yeah, the yeah, run, yeah, yeah, yeah. which which is you know breast cancer, and that, then there was the run before the the, the, yeah. the game, okay. and and then there's. Um, I don't know who's running out the flag. I haven't seen the the rundown. It's usually survivor. It's usually a right? survivor. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. And it's just a moment to reflect everybody who's been touched by that, you know, horrific disease. So, yeah. Plus, but, you get to see an exciting young player, Kyler Murray, and mm-hmm. hopefully, we well. Don't, now, it's the other thing I was going to say well. is you're you're seeing two young teams go at it. Yeah. It could be fun. And uh, it's going to be the Ronald Jones breakout game. Yeah. And I. I'm you think right you're going to call it now? I'm calling it right now. This is the Ronald big Ronald Jones breakout game. I will say Arizona. Uh, gave the 49ers a run for their money last they Thursday. They did. You know, they did. That was a good, that was a close game. So they they have three wins and they are over teams with a combined three wins. Mm-hmm. So they're still looking for their quality win, but they got close there. Bucks only have two wins, but they're quality wins. Yeah. Carolina at Carolina Rams at Rams. Mm-hmm. So should be five. But. All right. All right. Well, should have, could have, would have very good. Let's do it again next week. Unless it's a tie. Unless it's a tie. And then we're not doing it at all. Since you did, thanks for listening.